Greetings, everyone. So, so happy to be、uh, starting this week off、uh, by looking into what we have in store for the new year. My name is Athena Brensberger, the host of Space Talk, and we've got so many exciting things to look forward to in the new year.、Uh, but there are so many cool things that have happened just in this year alone for 2021, including the launch of the James Webb Space Telescope, which just launched a couple days ago on the 25th of December. Now, if you didn't get to catch that launch, just、uh, check the rewind and go over to NASA's YouTube channel or European Space Agency's YouTube channel, and you'll be able to find all of the launch coverage for that launch. Now, what's really exciting about this telescope is it's currently on its way to the second Lagrange point, located about a million miles away from Earth. So it's going to be getting there in about thirty days, and it's going to be turning on、um, in the very beginning of twenty twenty two. So that's going to be already the first thing we have to look forward to for space events happening in the new year is the James Webb Space Telescope coming on. Now I'm going to break this up in a few different categories. We've got launches and then other missions. So say、um, specific. So first is going to be like launches as far as like rocket science goes. Like what types of rockets are are newly being being newly developed and are launching. And then we're going to go into specific missions. So what missions are going where to Venus or to Titan or to the Moon. And then we're going to get into astronomy.、Uh, so, what do we have to look forward to in astronomy for this year? And then, lastly, we have other things in space.、Um, and so, we got all those really cool things to look forward to. There's the other things in space are events that you can attend,、um, which hopefully will be a little bit more accessible with the.、Um, New Year. Hopefully,、uh, everyone out there is staying healthy and safe, and hopefully, we'll be able to, yeah, co- come together and、uh, look up at the night sky and attend some astronomy events. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Going ahead and kicking off with a launch of a 3D printed rocket. Yeah, you heard me right. I said 3D printed rocket. If you haven't heard of the company already, the name is Relativity Space. And I I already know quite a lot about this company、um, I, because of first of all getting to meet them、um, a while ago.、Oh, when was it? it? Was before South by Southwest? Oh, we got to interview the CEO Tim Ellis on the Tomorrow Show, which I used to co-host on. It's a YouTube channel, T M R O. And we used to,、uh, I used to be a co-host out in Los Angeles a few years ago, and we brought on the CEO、uh, right when the company started to well launch. And then I got to interview the CEO for South by Southwest、um, in 2020, so that was really, really exciting.、Um, and now they're launching their very first rocket. Now they're based out of Long Beach, California. And they're going to be launching from Space Launch Complex 16 down at KSC, so Kennedy Space Center. And this first launch is actually going to be a test launch. So this one is known to, as Terran One, T E R R A N One. And eventually, they want to make much larger, more reusable versions of this rocket, which will be called Terran Two. And this is really a huge step forward for them. If you guys haven't already seen、um, test uh, ignite, ignite, ignition of like their engine, it's really cool to catch.、Um, their engines are 3D printed, the nose cone is 3D printed,、um, 
And so much of this rocket is going to be able to be reusable one day. And that's going to be super cool. Another awesome thing is it's going to take as little as 30 days to create this entire rocket. Yeah, in its entirety, 30 days to 3D print this rocket. So not only is it saving a lot of time, it's saving a lot of money, resources, and also um, being able to launch and reuse it more frequently, which is really taking, I would say, um, current rocket technology to the next level. So that we have to look forward to um, in the very beginning of January. And then on top of that, um, even though this is just a test launch, this company already has eight customers lined up for launching different satellites um, to space. They're partnering up with US, the U.S. Department of Defense and NASA. And actually, they were awarded $3 million um, from NASA to be able to uh, build these rockets, to be able to fulfill their contract. It's actually called the Venture Class Launch Services Demonstration to Contract. So that's going to be super, super exciting. And um, a little bit more background, uh, the relative, where it's going to be launching from hasn't had any launch since 1988. It's known as SLC-16 or Space Launch Complex 16. So this is going to be something that I think will be really exciting because we haven't seen anything launch from here since Apollo and the Gemini programs. So this is going to be a really fun, fun launch. So I hope you guys can catch that. Then we also have Astra. You guys might have heard about the Astra rocket company. They they launch out of Alaska, typically, um, but they're based out of California. They're based in Alameda, California, or Alameda, California, however you pronounce that. And their goal is to launch as early as January. So again, the same kind of thing as relativity as far as a demonstration mission. So what basically they want to try and show is that they can launch these rockets successfully um, without any problems or failure. And if there's failure, they just work on it again. But this is part of their demonstration contract with NASA to show that this is a rocket that NASA could be able to use in the future for missions to, say, uh, launching satellites to low Earth orbit or, or geostationary orbit, and then maybe even um, the International Space Station or beyond, uh, depending on what the goals are of each company. So this is going to be something that is really, really exciting, back-to-back, relativity space, and then Astra. So those will both be launching at the same time. Then coming up after that is uh, both the United Launch Alliance, uh, which is partnered with NASA. They're the ones who make the Atlas V rocket. Uh, They eventually want to build the Vulcan rocket, which currently is being engineered and developed. Uh, Some of the materials are being used from Blue Origin, such as their BE-4 engine. So Blue Origin and United Launch Alliance both are aiming to launch rockets in early uh, 2022 as well. I would say first quarter, so between January to like March. Um, And so the main thing is sort of the, the this fabrication process of the BE-4 engines. Uh, it has been having some delay. And so, you know, it's not really making ULA the happiest of people right now. But they'll eventually get their rockets and be able to test launch the Vulcan uh, Vulcan rocket, hopefully by the, by the end of the year. And um, that's going to be something that is also going to launch out of the Cape. So Cape Canaveral, Florida, down at Kennedy Space Center. 
it's called the Space Coast for a reason, guys. I mean, Florida is just like, there are so many launches happening from Florida. Um, I know there's some scattered ones in Texas, and then there's some at Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. But really, there are just so many going on in Florida that always kind of has been. So if you want to go down there and check that out, that's going to be fun. Do keep in mind that ULA, United Launch Alliance, is still going to be launching their Delta IV rocket and their Atlas V rocket. Um, And that's going to still continue because both of these rockets uh, are still fully functioning. They work. The, The technology works. The materials work. And so why completely stop it? Does it mean that they can't innovate and create a new rocket? So I'm looking forward to when Vulcan is going to be fully in uh, development mode and ready for launch, on top of which also Blue Origin's new Glenn is going to be really exciting. Uh, Again, those are both targeted to launch sometime within the beginning of 2022. So keep a lookout for those announcements from either the, the companies themselves or a source that I usually like to use is uh, Space Launch Now or Space Flight Now. The app is Space Launch Now, but the website, I believe, is Space Flight Now. Just check those out. Um, they're so on top of, of launches. Um, it's, it's absolutely incredible. It's how I realized I... <laughs> I mixed up my time zone, um, which is quite silly because I was here announcing uh, the James Webb Space Telescope launch and I set my alarm for 7 a.m., but I'm on central time and it was 7.20 a.m. Eastern time is when the launch happened. So when I woke up, the first notifications I had on my phone were from the Space Launch Now app and it's like, it already said James Webb is in space and I'm like, wait, what? And so I ended up having to catch the rewind footage, but you know, that's all right. Um, so again, reminder, if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and watch it. So I'm going to play a quick music break and then we're going to get into, um, some other missions that are lined up internationally for 2022. Alrighty, let's jump back into it because we got a lot of stuff to go over. Uh, oh my goodness, so many incredible missions that are happening um, just within the upcoming year. So we've got different space agencies such as NASA, the European Space Agency, and Japan's space agency, JAXA, that are all aiming to send probes to different areas around the solar system within the year, uh, starting with the red planet, Mars. The European Space Agency and Russia are planning to launch their joint mission known as the ExoMars Lander and Rover to the surface of Mars by September. So that's going to be something really exciting to look out for because now it's going to join the robotic family on Mars. It's going to be joining NASA's Perseverance and Curiosity rovers, and they're both going to continue working next year. So both of these rovers, as well as, you know, check for updates on Ingenuity, the helicopter that launched with the Perseverance rover. 
And now we also have a target of reaching asteroids this year. NASA's Psyche mission is due to launch August 2022 on a mission to explore kind of a strange but very metal-dominated asteroid that may have once been part of the core of a long-dead planet. So asteroids in themselves are such fascinating objects, and a lot of them contain a, a lot of heavy metals, sometimes very precious elements that are worth a lot of money here on Earth. So it's worth exploring, um, whether it's for the financial incentive or it's for also planetary defense. I think that those two can really work hand in hand as long as it doesn't end up like the movie. Um, I think it's called Don't Look Up or Look Up. I think it's Look Up is the movie. It's one, the one that just came out on Netflix, Netflix original, Leonardo DiCaprio, Ariana Grande, it's, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. It's a, such a funny movie. I actually really liked it. Um, but I, no, no spoilers. Just go ahead and check that out. So that's going to be a really important mission because being able to arrive to asteroids, build the technology to land, even if we're sort of stumbling upon it now, at least we're taking the next steps. Um, so on top of already going to asteroid Bennu and, and continuing, this is this is really this is really important. Um, actually, let me just double check. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So this is something um, that has is already being explored, as I mentioned, asteroid Bennu, but there's also the DART mission. NASA's DART mission is expected to arrive to its asteroid target, the tar asteroid it's aiming to get to, by next year. So hopefully by the time it arrives, it'll be able to sort of figure out what, see if we have the technology to be able to throw it off uh, its trajectory. So the goal for this mission is to try and find a way to slam it to the asteroid to throw it, throw a dangerous space rock that could potentially be on a collision course with Earth and to um, completely throw it off its orbit. And so that is a really great example of uh, why these missions are important and also the fact that we're, we're even making this, we're doing this, we're making it happen. So keep a lookout for NASA's DART mission, expected to arrive to its asteroid, to slam into it, throw it off its trajectory, and hopefully avoid being on a collision course um, with for, for, future, for future asteroids that might be on a collision course with Earth. This one is not on a collision course with Earth. Don't worry. Then we also have, oh my goodness, it's about time. The Space Launch System, part of the Artemis program to the moon. NASA is expected to launch the first flight of its Space Launch System. So this isn't the first launch of all the people on it, because that, that's probably not going to happen until like 2024, 2025. But this is the first test launch of the Space Launch System. If you haven't seen it already, it's a huge heavy lift rocket. It's orange and yellow, uh, orange and white. And um, it's going to be really, really interesting. It's, it's a, it's a ma massive rocket. Its goal is to take a trip around the moon and then... Um, eventually they want to load it with a bunch of scientific experiments and try to carry small satellites to try and investigate water within the lunar environment, like in the glass beads on, on the moon, explore the craters. Um, and this is going to be something that, uh, again, is going to be the first step for, for the Artemis mission, for sending people eventually uh, to the moon. And there are two ways of getting there. There's going to be the space launch system and using SpaceX's Starship Lunar. So that's going to be something also really excited to look forward to. 
Then we also have other nations like Japan and Russia and India. They're aiming to send missions to the moon next year as well. Uh, Luna 25 is Russian's mission. And they're designed to search for water near the south pole of the moon. So once again, another really important and really exciting mission. Because if we want to start to build lunar habitats one day, we've got to make our way uh, to, to the moon first, explore it more, um, have more lunar rovers, have things already set up, ro like a robotic family there, so that by the time we arrive, there's already stuff being built and more uh, scientific knowledge being understood. So, James Webb. As I already gave a little bit of brief earlier, uh, James Webb it did just launch two days ago, the James Webb Space Telescope, which is going to be like the upgrade to the Hubble Space Telescope. Now, they're actually going to be working together, which is going to be really exciting for a little bit. And then eventually it's going to completely take over. That is going to start running and sending information back to Earth uh, sometime in the early 2022. So it's about 30 days for it to get to its second Lagrange point. And then within probably, I would say, about a day or two, we should start to have full communication with it. Everything should be set up and it should be it should be pretty good. So I know there's going to be a lot of things that the um, engineers and the researchers are going to have to put together just to try and get um, yeah the, the, the telescope up and running and ready to start investigating the early universe. Uh, a quick brief on what the Hubble the um, James Webb Space Telescope is looking for and what it's all about. If you hadn't listened to the previous episode, just to give you a little brief, it's looking at early parts of the of the universe, early early history, seeing beyond what Hubble was able to see. the 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 furthest galaxy Hubble was able to see is about um, was about four hundred, uh, I think, it was million years after the Big Bang. Actually, I'm going to double check that in a sec. But this is going to be able to look really, really close, uh, hopefully, to those beginning stages just after the Big Bang to just uh, bring us a little bit more um, understanding of where, when the first galaxy started to form, to see the first newborn stars that first started to form. And another exciting thing is to be able to observe atmospheres of very distant exoplanets, so planets beyond Earth. And that's going to be something also really exciting. Um, I'm going to do a quick music break. I'm going to double check that, that distance. And we will be right back in about 45 seconds.
Alrighty. Okay. Let's go ahead and just jump back in. So I did double check um, what I had said earlier was correct. Um, so the earliest that the Hubble Space Telescope was able to see was about 400 million years after the Big Bang. That was the earliest uh, galaxies it was able to detect. And um, the first stars that started to form within the universe and with which astronomers have been able to uh, model and uh, be able to calculate and understand was around 100 million years when the universe was only about 100 million years old. And so being able to see that would just be so rad um, and also really great to just, yeah, defend and, and, and back up these, um, these calculations and these models. So moving forward, uh, we have got a few more things to look forward to. Uh, so uh, I didn't mention um, SpaceX, but SpaceX had somewhere around 40 launches last year. They continue to do the same for this upcoming year. Again, if you want to track every single launch, I would recommend going to Space Flight Now. Again, they, they have no idea I'm promoting them so much. I just like love their what they made. When you make a great product, people just naturally talk about it. Um, and it's great. So if you want to check any of those, definitely I recommend uh, checking out their website or their app. And you can track every single SpaceX launch because there's just too many SpaceX launches lined up to try and like write them all down and to cover in this one podcast. So um, definitely just keep a lookout for what's going on with SpaceX. That's going to be really exciting. And then we also have uh, China which is also expected to continue collecting data from ongoing robotic missions to the moon and Mars. Um, they're always launching a lot of rockets as well, like Long Mach 4. You can definitely check out those too. Um, a lot of them typically are broadcasted on YouTube. So hopefully if you wanted to catch those out, that would be really uh, exciting. Their goal is also to complete their space station within the next year or so. So that might be another platform for potential scientific research uh, in space above Earth. So that concludes everything as far as missions go. So that's rocket launches and separate space missions, so space probes, etc. But now we have things to look forward to in astronomy. I only wrote out a few because every Monday, other than this Monday, because... I had already given all the info for what to look forward to in the night sky up until January 1st. Um, we, I, yeah, I usually cover it every Monday on here. So I'm going to break it down each week. There are a lot of different things that you'll, you can catch, uh, next year. But for some of the highlights, we first have the Quadratids meteor shower. It's going to be early January. And this is a great time to catch it because it's with the new moon. So you don't have that super bright moonlight like we probably were having to navigate with the Geminids a couple weeks ago. We had, a, I think it was a gibbous moon at the time, so it was a little bit big. And uh, we had a, yeah, just some moonlight we had to avoid. But this, it's a moon, new moon, so no moonlight to interfere, which is great. It's going to be January 2nd to the 3rd, so just after New Year's. So if you're going camping... Uh, just go ahead, maybe book an extra couple nights and catch the meteor shower. Um, that's around the time that it'll peak. So you might get lucky and maybe see some uh, maybe on New Year's Day. But that should be um, that should be really exciting to catch. Quadratids is also an above average meteor shower. So these two meteor showers, the Geminids and Quadratids, are the two that are the most prolific. Uh, Geminids is number one. Quadratids would come in second place. And so if you didn't get to catch the one in December, you can catch the one in January. 
Then you also have, if you are Aurora Borealis hunters, um, the Alaskan Aurora Borealis is visible March 10th to the 16th, 2022. So if you want to plan a trip to catch the Aurora Borealis, uh, which I might because I had never seen that before, uh, that is a good time to go to Alaska. So that should be cool. Hopefully, yeah, we'll all be, we'll all be traveling then. And then one more thing I'm going to mention is um, the planetary visibility. Again, uh, every Monday, I will be talking about what to look forward to that week as far as uh, uh, we got stars and constellations and planets and, of course, deep sky objects and the moon phase. Um, but to give you a little bit of a, a heads up, we're, we're starting to see the planets move and transition from evening into early morning as we start to go from December into January. Also, these planets are starting to sit lower over your west horizon for the northern hemisphere. So for my northern hemisphere friends, um, these planets are going to be visible over your west horizon. And the brightest of them all is Venus, which is typically the brightest um, planet that you could see in the night sky. It is coined the nickname the evening star. But soon it's going to start to be visible in the morning, the early dawn sky. You'll also have the yellow-colored Saturn, which will be in line with Venus. And then also you have the super bright Jupiter. And finally, you have Mars, the red planet, which is going to be sitting low on your horizon just before dawn, but that's going to be on your east horizon. So to keep that in mind, that'll be from for the rest of this month in December. But then by mid-January... It's going to be joined by Venus over the dawn eastern horizon. And then finally, in February, Mercury is going to start to become visible again. But once again, just before dawn. So so got some early mornings for you ahead of you if you're going to be doing uh, any early morning stargazing. So that should be super exciting and fun to catch. Um, definitely check out your telescopes. I myself am actually looking at getting a, a new telescope soon, a Celestron. Uh, I have a really, really nice uh, digital telescope called Unistellar Equinox. I absolutely love it for taking images um, to like just keep on my phone because uh, it processes all the images through our app. But I, there, there's just something about having an eyepiece. And some of the unistellars do have an eyepiece. Um, and there's just something about looking at it, yeah, with like right through the, um, yeah, right through the eyepiece and being able to see a planet, being able to see the, the, the rings of Saturn or see a deep sky object um, just with your own eye uh, without a screen. So having those two are going to be really cool. So I'm currently looking at the Celestron. Uh, next star, actually, let me get the name real quick for you guys in case you're looking for it too. The Celestron Star Sense Explorer DX130AZ. So that one, it currently goes for $400. Um, so definitely something you'll want to save up for. Um, I guess kind of depends on where, where you're at, where your financial situation, but, but that's something that I think would be really cool. I probably should have looked on Black Friday for it. Didn't even think about it. But yeah, explore different telescopes this this year. Um, maybe even some binoculars. I'm also on the hunt for binoculars, and there's some really great ones you can get um, for not too too much a price at any like camera store. So uh, we got a few final events I just want to share that are not astronomy. They're not space missions. They are things that you can participate in if you're interested. And I was reading through it actually in the planetary. Um, 
forgot the name of it, but the Planetary Society's magazine, Planetary Report. And uh, they have this really cool opportunity to go to Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C., speak to Congress and basically defend the NASA bill. Talk about why certain planetary missions are important, why certain space exploration missions are important. And I got to participate in that um, during 2016 while transitioning into 2017. So uh, what it was called is the NASA... NASA Transition Authorization Act. Still have that memorized. That's crazy. Um, and basically what it is, is it's going from the previous NASA bill into the new NASA bill, uh, what the budget looks like, what you think is important. And it's such an exciting event. So basically, if you that's happening on March 8th, 2022. It's called the Day of Action. Uh, and it's through the Planetary Society if you want to sign up. Um, I, I did sign up. I think it, I feel like I might've paid like 40 bucks or something like that to be part of it. Um, but I did, I did end up signing up and it's really cool. You get put on a team with like three other, three or four other people. And depending on where you're from, though, you, you'll usually get teamed up with people that are kind of from your area because they want you to see your representatives, um, there's different senators who are from your area. So at the time I was living in Brooklyn, New York. And so I spoke with the uh, senator of, of who represents Brooklyn, New York. We spoke with uh, different members of Congress and the House of Representatives. And we defended uh, different areas of the national that we thought were important, things that affected us emotionally or, or personally. So a little like we're not paid to do this. We're, just, we're not paid lobbyists. We're just there to talk about why this is important. And it was really exciting because you get to meet like-minded individuals and you get to meet people who, who think this stuff is important. And on top of that, you get to uh, make a difference. You know, you're really like talking to people who are making these decisions ultimately. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, that's why I like that they set us up with those who are maybe from our county because they recognize that you're a voter from their area. And when it comes to politics, <laughs> politicians care Number one about the, about who their voters are, so that they get more votes. And so, when you talk to them about what's important to you, to them, it becomes important too. So uh, that's that's just a little something. Then there's also a total lunar eclipse, lunar eclipse, in the Galapagos Islands from May 11th to the 20th of 2022. That's also an event through the Planetary Society. They have um, cruises that they do for this, or they just have meetups where you can go and explore the night sky. This one specifically is for their total lunar eclipse, which will be visible. And there's another one in Hawaii, November 6th to the 14th. That is probably going to be really exciting. Um, I might actually go to that one. I need to see. I don't actually, I haven't even checked out the website. I just saw these earlier and wanted to share it with you guys because it seemed really cool because it was in their magazine. Uh, but I'm going to look up just just what the details are on that, how much that might cost because that would just be so much fun, catching a total lunar eclipse in a Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. Um, they have some great observatories out there as well. So that's what I've got lined up for 2022. Uh, as you all know, more things always come up especially in space exploration, especially in astronomy. And so just, yeah, keep a lookout either from me on here on Colin or on Astro Athens, um, my, my Instagram, my YouTube channel, or my email subscriber list. If you want to join my, my subscriber list, just shoot me an email or shoot me a message here on Colin and I'll add your email. My website, astroathens.com is about to launch next week. I've completely revamped it. 
added a bunch of new stuff, um, totally got a little bit more, uh, let's just say like detail oriented in this one, and a little bit more personal as well. So I hope you all like it. But um, that's about everything that I have for what we have to look forward to. Um, yep. Uh, so I'll just like update you guys uh, throughout the, the year. Every Monday, we're going to have what to look forward to for that week. So definitely no fret if uh, I didn't include something today because I'm always going to you know make sure that I include stuff on Mondays at 3 p.m. So what we have to look forward to tomorrow is um, how celestial objects are named. Tomorrow will be the first episode of that. And what I want us to explore first are going to be comets. How are comets named? Why are they named something different than asteroids? What does that even mean? Um, and so I'm going to go into that and then we'll go explore different celestial objects throughout the year. And I already did the first episode of Historical Figures. We started with uh, Johannes Kepler. So I hope you all liked that. And, um, and then we'll continue some more things next week. And of course, we'll have some special guests as we move past the new year, because this is still a very busy holiday week for everybody. A lot of people have off. So um, a lot of uh, my guests wanted to hold off until after um, the holiday break. So that is everything. Once again, thank you all so much uh, for joining me, for being here on this episode of Space Talk. And until next time, ad Astra. (laughs) 